and welcome to the podcast version of COS Live, a weekly program keeping you up to date on the Article 5 movement working to reclaim liberty in America. You can watch the original live broadcasts on Convention of States Rumble, YouTube, Facebook, and X. And now, here's COS Live. Well, hello, COS supporters, and welcome back to another edition of COS Live. My name is Andrew Lush. I will be your host. And of course, I'm joined by Rita Peters, who's my co-host, but she's also the Senior Vice President for Legislative Affairs. Happy New Year to all of you. And Rita, Happy New Year to you. Good to be back with you in this new year. Yes, Andrew. It is great to be back with you and all of our viewers. I hope everyone is having a great start to the new year. I know it's always a super exciting time for us at Convention of States because we're watching as all these state legislatures start up their legislative sessions and can't wait to see how things go. I think it's going to be a great year. And Andrew, I'm going to turn the tables on you for today's show because today is our regional roundtable. It's an annual episode to kick off the new year. You were promoted to regional director, which means I get to interview you in addition to the rest of our all-star panel. The new year is here. So as I said, the state legislatures across the country are lining up to consider our Article 5 legislation. And to start off 2024 right, we'll interview six of our regional directors to give us breaking news from their state teams. Which states are hottest for convention of states? Who's going to be number 20 or 21 to pass? Which states have rallies and town halls coming up? What can we expect in the coming weeks? What other initiatives will COS volunteers be spearheading? We'll ask for predictions and much more from our regional roundtable, so stay tuned. Andrew and I are also going to react to a brand new edition of COS Now to keep you up to date on breaking news in the Convention of States movement. And stick around until the end of the episode for the COS Live mailbag as we get to your comments and questions. But first, we go to Mike for our Article 5 trivia giveaway. Mike? Happy New Year! Thank you, Andrew. Wow. Another year just getting going here. We have a new beginning Father Time has opened a turn the page on another great year, 2024. I'm very excited. I think 2024 should be called 2020 more because I think we're going to get a lot more this year. I'm super optimistic about what's going to happen with COS. I'm optimistic that you guys are here right now. You're tuned in with our regional directors, or you will be, to find out what the plans are, what the hopes, what the thoughts are, what to pray over. What a great time to be here. And as you may remember from the middle of last month, well, last year, we closed the store because we're moving the fulfillment to a different place. It's still closed right now. However, you know, and there's some items that we ran out of. We sold out of a bunch of items. We, we liquidated a bunch of stuff so we wouldn't have to move as much to the new place in Texas. But I have something that probably won't ever come back to the store again that I'm going to give you. It is a very cool vacuum bottle. It keeps things hot, keeps things cold. It has the little flip up thing, or it also comes with another top. So you can just unscrew the top. This is a cool 
like hydro flask quality made in a very similar factory as those. And you're going to get one if you answer the question right. The one thing that we're working on right now is getting the store opened with pocket guides and constitutions, which we know you guys like to have this time of year. And we're doing our best to make things happen in the store so you guys can get back to buying, getting the cool clothing. And if you can't tell by my attitude, right, I'm feeling defiant. I'm feeling ready to go. And I love to put on my COS clothes so people know. They don't have to wonder. Is that guy feeling defiant right now? You bet I am. I'm so excited. Anyway, let's get on to trivia. And the Convention of States action formed, as you know, 10 years ago. Uh, an Article 5, very unique Article 5 organization. It's the only current Article 5 effort being primarily driven by the people, by you. Our goal is to have grassroots teams in over half of the over 7,000 state legislative districts nationwide. And I always say state with a pause or some kind of an emphasis because this is not done federally. This is done by the states. Each state is sovereign. And we want to get grassroots armies in each or at least half of each of those districts because that's where things happen. That's where self-governance returns. That's where we reclaim self-governance. And this kind of an Article 5 convention has never been done in American history. Not only that, but it's the only one that would entertain, it's, it's germane to more than one, more than one amendment to the Constitution. And that's why we designed our application. So we would invigorate enough people who are passionate about certain things to get the job done, to get to convention, to get amendments passed. And when people see our application, they realize that the subject matter of the convention is a solution big enough to solve our long-term structural problems. So here's my question for you. Listen closely. Here's the question because you're going to know the answer. You can get your fingers on that keyboard ready to pop it into the chat because you want one of these water bottles. At least I do. I love them. Our, here's our question. Our Article 5 application has three topics. Yes, the rest of the question is. It has three topics which provide the agenda for the Convention of States. What are those one, two, three topics? That's the question. And we'll be back later. Right now, I'm going to let Andrew take it back and get to the meat of our program. Thanks so much for having me. Before we go to our interview, let's see some history in the making. Here is the latest edition of COS Now. As we look back on achievements from Convention of States volunteers in 2023, here's a quick recap of some of the top statistics. 22 state legislatures introduced our Article 5 application with legislative victories in seven of those states. We surpassed 2.5 million petitions signed all time, a record-breaking 527 reported grassroots events with likely hundreds more in actuality. We surpassed 100,000 Instagram followers, reached nearly 400,000 telepatriot phone calls all time, and we have now earned 54 official endorsements from high-profile personalities like Ben Shapiro, Jenna Ellis, Vivek Ramaswamy, and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who articulated the strategic reasons he supports the Article 5 Convention of States movement at a recent pro-Second Amendment town hall in Iowa. 
There's two ways to amend the Constitution, two-thirds of the Congress and then the, the three-quarters of the states ratify, or two-thirds of the states and then three-quarters of the states ratify. Um, and, and, and when you're talking about taking power away from D.C., of course Congress isn't going to do that. So Florida, we've already certified this stuff. I know a number of other states have certified. You know, I could go in and do the best job eight years. He could do the best job in Congress. But it's like, you know, what's the long-term trajectory of this country? And the incentives in Washington, D.C. Uh, are not conducive to this country doing well over the long term. And yes, there are some people that will do the right thing when it's not easy, like Thomas did, like I've done in Florida. But you have to think most people elected in Washington uh, are going to follow the incentives that are placed before them. They're not going to buck that for, for kind of a higher, higher calling. That's just not what happens. So we've got to change the structure. We've got to change the incentives uh, so that we can produce better outcomes over the long term. So yeah, I, I'm gonna, I will put capital behind it. Yes, sir. Letters to the editor are spreading the word about conventional states. They popped up in Nevada and Montana recently. It's a smart way for everyday citizens to earn free media for the movement and save the republic. Earlier in December, CUS Michigan conducted a deep dive into the convention process with Michigan State House Rep. Jamie Green. Green was one of the Michigan delegates to the CUS Foundation simulation, which was held in August of 2023. She said she walked into the convention having no idea what to expect and walked out as one of Michigan's strongest advocates for Convention of States. And now, you're up to date with Convention of States. Thank you, Producer G, for putting together another great edition of CUS, Live, or, uh, CUS Now. Rita, I want to get your reaction to what you saw in that latest edition. Well, I, I just want to start by saying the growth of this movement that was encapsulated in all the statistics producer G shared with us there is just a testament to the fact that the American people, when they hear and when they come to understand that there is a meaningful practical constitutional solution to the dysfunction we see in our federal government today, they're excited to get on board and get behind it. And so, you know, with the kind of growth we saw last year, the Convention of States movement has become a movement that cannot be ignored. And, you know, that's that's what we are um, having just validated and confirmed when we see one after another these high-profile endorsements to the Convention of States movement. So that's I find that very gratifying and just excited to see that. Andrew, what what were your thoughts? What stood out to you? I thought the um, the pro Second Amendment rally that Governor Ron DeSantis was at was pretty cool because he's a Convention of States endorser. He, uh, um, he believes in what we are doing. He believes in the Constitution and using the second provision of Article 5 to amend the Constitution. And I just think it's very ironic that he's at a pro-Second Amendment event because there's several people out there on the right and the left who make the charge that if, a, if an Article 5 convention were to happen, that we could possibly see Second Amendment rights on the chopping block. And you know, I know, we all know at Convention of States that that's just not true because that does not fit within our application for uh, amendments. We are not trying to gut the Second Amendment. And if you look at our resolution, it's quite clear that we want to limit the scope of the uh, the size, scope, and jurisdiction of the federal government and nothing else. So I just think it's it's ironic that uh, there's several people out there that think that uh, several organizations that think that we want to curtail Second Amendment rights. But here's one. 
of our big name endorsers at a Second Amendment um, event also uh, endorsing using uh, Article 5 to, to get constitutional amendments. So I thought that was uh, kind of cool. And I'll second what you said about all of the growth that we're seeing, two and a half million people agreeing that this is the solution that we need. Uh, and, and I think when you look at it, we're not going to get the solutions we need from Congress. We're only going to get it from the people. And there's 2.5 million of them out there that think that amendments to the Constitution need to come through the state legislatures uh, and a convention of states. So uh, great stuff, though. Really exciting to see what's going to be happening in 2024, Rita. So yeah. Uh, hopefully we'll get several more states that pass. Yeah. I also want to um, emphasize what Ron DeSantis said as he referred to, you know, the the Congress, the president, no matter who gets elected, it's not going to change these structural problems that have developed over time in Washington, D.C., the, you know, the problem of federal overreach is not going to just be corrected by one presidential election or um, congressional elections. It has become a structural problem and requires a structural solution such as that that is offered by Convention of States, which is really the only effective, meaningful solution to the problem because it's not a partisan problem. You know, it's not a red problem or a blue problem. It's a, a problem that we as Americans are really required to act and, you know, to encourage our state legislatures to use the power they were given under Article 5 to check federal overreach and rebalance power between the federal government and the states. So excited to see him refer to that. With that, Rita, I believe we're going to go over to our guests. Uh, we have our regional roundtable, so we get to talk to uh, some of the, uh, the, the people who are on the front lines of the grassroots movement. And so we get to hear from our regional directors. So let's go over to them. So we are at 19 states already joined to the Convention of States movement with 15 more needed to trigger the first ever Article 5 convention and rein in the feds once and for all. Commissioners to that convention would be empowered to propose constitutional reforms on just three topics, term limits on Congress and federal officials, fiscal restraints, and limits on the size and scope of the federal government. We need it now more than ever. Several states are vying to join that group of past states this year and push us into the 20s on the road to that magic number 34. So to help us kick off the year, let's welcome in Convention of States Action Regional Directors, Catherine Zamanik, Grant Martin, Deanna Beckett, Haley Shaw, Jonathan Viad and Andrew Luce. Thanks to you all for joining us. You are superstars on our national team, and I'm excited to ask you some questions. I'm going to start with an easy one. What is the name of your region, and what states does do each of you cover? Um, let's start with Andrew. 
Thanks, Rita. So uh, my region name is the Western Patriots region, and I have uh, California, I have New Mexico, Nevada, Oregon, Washington, and I also have Hawaii. So six wonderful states, very big states, especially when you look at uh, California and, and Hawaii, a lot of geography there. Um, and very when you look at Hawaii, interesting geography because there's several islands, um, amazing grassroots teams in every state. That's a big region. Okay, Catherine, we'll go over to you next. We refer to our region as the flyover region, the flyover <laughs> states. It's based on a Jason Aldean song. So if you know that song, you will understand why we're the flyover region. And I have Idaho, Iowa, Indiana, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Michigan. I don't think I forgot anyone there. <laughs> All right, Haley, let's go to you next. Hey, uh, I represent or oversee the uh, Northeast Patriots region, which is Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, and New York. So a uh, great group of Patriots up here. We are the uh, Northeast Patriots, and we're really excited for 2024. Well, you do have a great group of patriots and also a tough group of states. So we'll be praying for you, Haley. <laughs> Grant Martin, tell us about your region. Well, first off, Happy New Year, everybody. Uh, the name of our region is the Cool Kids region. It's Kentucky, <laughs> North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, and West Virginia. Amazing teams, each one of them. I love working with each one of them. They're awesome. You do have some cool kids in that region for sure. Deanna Beckett, tell us about your region. Thanks. Our region is a gigantic landmass as well, and it is the Wild West region. I'm not going to attempt to do it by alphabet, as <laughs> so I'm going to do it by order of the states, North Dakota, South Dakota, Nebraska, Kansas, Montana, Wyoming, Colorado, and then I assist Catherine with Idaho. Okay, some great states in that group. And Jonathan, you get to work with a bunch of states that have already passed the COS application. Tell us which states are in your region. Yeah, I have to say, you know, I thought we didn't do gotcha questions here. And this kind of feels like a gotcha question because my states have recently changed. Um, but I work with 13 states together with Karen Schuster. We call ourselves the lucky 13. But the seven states that I have the privilege of overseeing are Alabama, Florida, Georgia, Louisiana, Mississippi, Tennessee, and Texas. All right. Well, great job, y'all. Didn't mean to give you a gotcha question right off the bat, Jonathan, but I do understand because the regions do change a little bit from year to year. Well, let's start by looking back on 2023 and what it means carrying into this new year. We made legislative progress in several states and officially we are at 19 states. However, there was a lot of big news and several critical milestones for COS last year. Our grassroots team surpassed 2.5 million petitions all time, a record 500 plus events were held, New supporters included Tucker Carlson, Vivek Ramaswamy, Dr. Kevin Roberts, Alaska Governor Mike Dunleavy, Bob Vanderplatz out in Iowa, Speaker McCarthy, and many more. 
One of the leading presidential candidates, Governor Ron DeSantis, continues to talk about his support for COS on the campaign trail. COS Foundation held its second simulated Article 5 convention with legislators from almost every state participating, all but Rhode Island. Then a new Speaker of the House was elected who happened to have been a champion for our resolution when he was a legislator in Louisiana. And then there was big news that the Heritage Foundation was coming out in favor of our movement. So my question for you now is, which development from 2023 are you most excited about to build momentum for 2024? Um, I'm going to go in the same order. Let's go back to Andrew first. Rita, those are some amazing accomplishments that we've seen in 2023. It's hard for me to pick just one. Uh, So I'm just going to go with all the endorsements that we received this year. I mean, there's some major uh, players in that list. And I think it's just so cool that people are starting to pay attention to Convention of States and what we are doing. Uh, And we've slowly and methodically been w- working towards 34. We're at, um, we're getting close. We're at 50, or we're at 19 now and we're getting so close and people are starting to really pay attention and take a second look. And I think the Heritage Foundation and John Malcolm's article that came out, that's a great example of a person who really took a second look at Convention of States and decided, you know what, this is the right thing to do. This is the right thing to support and to endorse. And so that was for me, uh, some of the coolest things that I saw in 2023. All right. Catherine, what about you? Well, I first need to say that I forgot Ohio. I don't know how I could have forgotten Ohio when I was giving the list out. I I have all these vowel states and I go through the alphabet when I'm doing them. But I think for me, the heritage endorsement has been probably one of the the biggest um, kind of um, boosts, I guess, if you will, for Convention of States because it not only brings uh, the president on board and having him assist, but it also brings such a great staff, a great team of people that are now speaking out. If anybody listened to the, um, the hearings that were held in Congress, uh, we, we heard them talking about Convention of States. So it definitely raises our voice in Washington, D.C. And so my teams are really excited about that. That's great. Haley, what about you, your favorite development from 2023? Well, I have a couple of them, but I think I'm going to start with um, the early endorsement from Vivek Ramaswamy. I mean, early on in his presidential campaign, he was asked that. I know he was asked that in New Hampshire, and I think he was also asked that in Iowa. But I thought what was amazing about that is he's a political outsider who knew about Article 5. So that gave me hope that, you know, other political outsiders are learning and excited about it, too. So that's the first one. And then I think for the second one, I have to go with the Heritage Foundation as well. Um, That really energized a lot of my teams up here. Uh, Just that recognition and the status that the Heritage Foundation has, just getting that recognition, I think, really just propels us up to another level and gives us more recognition. So those are going to be my two. Grant, your turn. Well, I'm going to go with North Carolina passing the resolution in the House. Two-year session. So we still have this this year to get it through the Senate. And so I'm really looking forward to that. I think it builds a lot of momentum. 
it certainly engages and excites the team. So we have elections coming up this year too. So there's lots of fun things with that, but we'll be, uh, I think, keep an eye definitely on North Carolina and uh, getting it through the sun. That's right. Okay. Deanna, your turn. Thanks Rita. I agree with everyone. And I did a little different prep and, and shift in um, answering this. And I think leadership and growth, just specifically uh, looking at our, our regions with um, looking at uh, training up the leaders and not just um, filling bodies or filling the, our uh, leadership position with warm bodies. And then um, specifically uh, looking at growth and uh, recruiting and connecting with former leaders. And we may go into this a little later. But uh, yes, I agree with uh, Heritage and uh, everyone else as well. Great. Jonathan, over to you. I like this order because I get to go at the end and listen to everybody else's <laughs> brilliant answers first. Um, no, I'm only kidding. But um, the simulation, I think, was a big thing for us last year, the Convention and States Foundation simulation, being there, meeting with legislators, having them uh, interact with each other and better understand the process, I think, is going to really, really help us, whether we're in states that have passed the resolution or obviously in pending states as well. And then a little bit for me, what, what Deanna mentioned right there as well, the ability to see the maturation of so many wonderful leaders that have been with Convention of States for a while, the seasoned activists, getting them all together uh, at our regional summits. For us with the Lucky 13, we met out in Kansas City uh, at the end of September uh, last year. And I think that really helped build and solidify some relationships. And I think that's gonna really help us in 2024. Okay, we're going to shift gears a little bit now, and I have some questions for um, particular ones of you. And I'm going to start with Catherine. Catherine, last year we had some great momentum in Iowa. Legislative committees in both chambers, House and Senate, voted to advance our resolution, but neither chamber, the full House or the full Senate, took up the COS action resolution for a full floor vote. The good news, though, is that we don't have to start over so we can capitalize on that momentum from last year. Where are we with the great state of Iowa? And could the Hawkeye state be state number 20? What can you share with our viewers? I think there's a really good chance that Iowa will come on board very early in 2024. We have fantastic sponsors, Representative John Wills in the House and Senator Jesse Green in the Senate. They've both been great champions for us. In addition to that, we've got a lot of support from leadership in the Iowa House and Senate. And super excited to know that, you know, as Ron DeSantis has been campaigning out in Iowa, we've had the opportunity to ask him about Convention of States. And um, as the folks know uh, Governor Kim Reynolds has been standing alongside him, and um, we're super excited to see what she can do to help us move this in the legislature. We're hoping that she will. You mentioned uh, Bob Vanderplatz, who is a great leader in Iowa, and we know that he is going to be a great help to us. So, um, you know, we're we're ready to go in Iowa. We're we're ready as soon as the caucus is over, and. Um, it, it's, I think, the 15th of January. They'll they'll caucus, they'll get the presidential uh, stuff decided, and then we're going to hit the ground in Iowa. So super excited for Iowa this year. 
Rita, I'm going to take my regional director hat off just for a moment, moment and put on my interviewer hat because I want to ask a couple of questions to my fellow RDs. Uh, I want to go over to Grant uh, because you mentioned North Carolina in you know, talking about passing in one chamber as the best thing that happened in 2023 for your region. Can you, can you go uh, give the viewers a little bit more details on that and just what to expect in 2024? Do you think North Carolina is going to be able to get across the finish line and be a pass state this year? Well, I certainly believe it's, it's possible. I think it's highly likely, not just possible. Obviously, I, my crystal ball was broke, so you never know what's going to happen in the chambers. What happened to us last year was we passed very easily in the House. We built all up better relationships in, in the Senate, which is, gives us a lot of momentum. But then the two chambers kind of fell apart at budget time and started having a little bit of war with one another back and forth. So it really sucked all the oxygen out of the, out of the legislative process. Our resolution is one of 600 and some that are stuck in the rules committee over in the Senate chamber right now. But we have a fresh year coming up. North Carolina doesn't start. Their, their session won't start the short session. They have two-year sessions. So it's the short session here in 2024. It won't start until the end of April, beginning of May. So it's going to be a little bit later in the year. So hopefully what's going to wind up happening is we're going to have several states that become passed. It's going to help build some momentum. We can carry that into North Carolina and also make North Carolina a pass state this year. So I'm, I'm really excited about it. The team, you know, we have the elections also going on this year. So it's always great to a uh, great time to be all form relationships with, uh, with people that you don't always have access to because they're a little bit more out in the community sometimes. Uh, so really excited about it. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens there. All right, Reed, I got one more question and then I'm going to give the mic back to you. Uh, Haley, I want to ask you a question about your region because you and I both have uh similarities in our regions not just in the region name but also in the difficulty in some of the states your region's really tough yeah. but you've seen uh some progress in at least two states uh, new hampshire and massachusetts um so first of all i just would like to ask you what was it like testifying in 2023 because you got to do that i think believe it was twice maybe it was just once but uh, you got to experience uh, firsthand what it feels like to be in the hot seat testifying on behalf of the Convention of States. So tell our viewers what that was like. And then do you foresee uh, getting some headlines again in 2024? Sure. Yeah. Thank you. Um, it was scary at first. I mean, I just jumped into the regional director role up here right in the beginning of legislative season. Uh, and I remember in Rhode Island, I think, you know, about three weeks in, we had notif been notified that it was time to testify. And we had a pretty small team in Rhode Island, and I didn't know if people were going to come, but I hoped that they would rally. And uh, so you kind of just think I should prepare some sort of a testimony in case I'm the only person there and I have to uh, speak on behalf of Convention of States. I was honored to, uh, and I was really happy because a team of people rallied with me. So we did that in Rhode Island, and I believe that was the first time Rhode Island had a chance to uh, testify. So we might not have shown up for the simulation, but we did show up to testify, which I think is probably more important. So that was good, and we're just building that team in Rhode Island. I also had a chance to testify for Maine, 
which was really great too. And we learned a lot from that. And more than anything, it was a real chance for the team to do that and testify in person as well. Um, COVID really shut down a lot of that for most of my region up here. And so getting to do that in person. Um, Massachusetts, we actually are hoping that in the next or this month, we get a chance to testify again. Um, we had such a wonderful time uh, in doing that and passing out of committee. So we're positive that that's going to happen again. The team has really been practicing that um, their testimony. So you never know what's going to happen up here. I think that we can be a wild card like the West Coast for you. So you just you never know what's going to happen, but it's we're positive up here. So I think that's the most important part. Well, we at the national team are all behind you and cheering for you, even in your difficult blue states. Now, at Convention of States, we often say that self-governance is more than a convention. In other words, the convention is a means to an end. And what we really need in this country is for the people, the citizens, to take charge of their rightful power to govern ourselves again. So at COS, the volunteers often engage in legislation that we call F3 legislation. And the three Fs are federalism, freedom, and fundamental rights. The states that have already passed our COS application are the most um, frequent to get involved in this, but other states can also engage in it as well when there's important legislation along those lines pending in their states. So let's start with Jonathan for this one, and then other RDs can chime in if they'd like to. The question is, what's the top piece of F3 legislation that your team is planning to push for in 2024? Jonathan? We can go back to the other order and hear from the other RDs first if you want. No, I'm only kidding. Um, no, I had a feeling that this question was going to come to me first. And uh, I have to say there are a number of initiatives that we're focusing on in a number of states. And we're still, some of that is still taking shape where there are some other organizations that we're going to be partnering with. But one area that's common for many of my states is the area of education particularly advancing school choice. I know the Georgia team is going to be really focused on looking at legislation where we can advance that in the state of Georgia and also stopping the sexualization of our children in the classrooms. That was something the Louisiana team was working really hard to get done last year. And we did get legislation passed there in Louisiana. Unfortunately, the uh, legislation was vetoed by the governor there and it was unsuccessfully uh, overridden that veto. But I know the Louisiana team feels like there's some unfinished business there. So we're going to be looking at that as well uh, and many other areas in our other states. But education is a really important one amongst my states. Thanks, Jonathan. Anyone else want to chime in with any um, already identified F3 legislation for your states? I will. Thanks, Rita. <clears throat> I have two past states in my region, Wisconsin and Indiana. And uh, talk about great examples of self-governance and, and teams that uh, are really getting involved in legislation. So the big hot issue in Wisconsin right now is election integrity. Uh, they're working with uh, different legislators to um, basically promote election integrity issues that um most people want to see, you know, the, 
it, it's hard to believe that in 2024, we're talking about the problems with election stuff. It seems like just not too long ago, we all understood how election day worked. And that has been turned upside down on its head in so many states. So the Wisconsin team is really working hard with the legislators to support um, really what is common sense election integrity legislation. And I think in Indiana, the parental rights stuff is really a big issue uh, in Indiana, along with several other things. But if there is one issue that um, we all know is um, just so important to us as parents, grandparents, et cetera, is parental rights. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to uh, what the teams will come up with in terms of what they're supporting out there for parental rights and election integrity. Anyone else want to chime in on this? Oh, I will, Rita. Uh, I also have two past states in the region. West Virginia has taken on two pieces of legislation that are both aimed at election integrity. And South Carolina have actually identified four pieces of legislation. Uh, several, a couple of them deal with uh, parental rights and protecting children, education issues, that type of thing. And then, then there's one that's for protecting you know, foster and adoptions uh, can't be discriminated against for religious reason, reasons. Uh, so what I think is really exciting about this, and I, I think it's important that we highlight this, that we're not, and I've heard this from legislators before, so I'm going to use a phrase that I've heard, uh, you know, a one, one trick pony where we're only about COS. We're about freedoms and liberty. And this is what I really love about going after this what we term as F3 legislation, because it's much more than, as you just said, Rita, a convention. So really exciting. And this is really a great way for us to make a huge impact and just engage a, a much larger swath of people too. So that's what I have, Rita. And, you know, I want to just give a shout out right now to our friends at the Heritage Foundation and Alliance Defending Freedom, because they are the brain power behind a lot of the bills that we end up supporting in these states that we call F3 legislation. Um, they do the research and do the legislative drafting work to make sure that there are great bills out there for us to support on these issues. So I want to give a hat tip to them. And now this is going to be a fun part, y'all. We're going to do a lightning round. So I'm going to go around the horn. I'm going to go back to my original order. So yes, Jonathan, you get to be last. Um, but here's the catch. Your answers have to be 20 seconds or less. So here we go. Y'all ready? Get ready. First question. Finish this sentence. Don't sleep on blank. What's the sleeper state to watch in your region that could make a big move in 2024? Andrew, go. Don't sleep on New Mexico. This is one state that might make a move. Uh, Miles Colbertson, the state director there, he always says every once in a while you might catch lightning in a bottle. So that might happen in 2024 for New Mexico. All right. Catherine. Don't sleep on Ohio. Ohio is on fire right now. They're fighting back on a lot of things. And uh, as you all know, we have a great team in Ohio. So it's going to be really exciting to watch what Ohio does this year. I agree. 
All right, Haley, you're up. Don't sleep on Connecticut. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I know. They haven't had a chance to file yet, and it hasn't been because of a lack of trying. So uh, with some new strategies this year, I'm going to say don't sleep on Connecticut. I love that. Okay, Grant. Uh, I'm going to call up. I want to pick two. I want to say don't sleep on Kentucky or Virginia. Oh, okay. We'll leave it at that and look to see what happens. Deanna, you're up. I couldn't pick one, so I'm going to say the states that have no session or short session this year. In our region, that's Montana and Wyoming. They're building and preparing for their primaries, and they need your help. So I'm asking you to get involved either directly with COS or get involved with your local party groups to help with election polls, registrations, and help people uh, get their ballot cast where legally possible. (laughs) (laughs) I <laughs> love that. Okay, Jonathan, it's your turn. <laughs> I'm going to say all of them, all of my states, don't sleep on any of them. But no, if I had to if I had to choose one, I would probably say Louisiana. Again, I feel like they had a really, really successful year legislatively last year in trying to advance legislation. And I think they've got some unfinished business. So I'm going to go with Louisiana. All right. Okay, question two for the lightning round. Which legislator will have the must-hear speech for COS this year? You know, we'll all be watching those committee hearings and those floor debates. We watch them every year, and we bring them live to you often on this program, COS Live. So what are your predictions for the legislator with the must-hear speech this year? Andrew? I'm going to go to someone in my state, and I'm just going to say if New Mexico gets to a hearing, I believe that Representative John Block will give a must-hear speech. He was a delegate at the simulated convention uh, in 2023, and he's a young guy. He's got a lot of energy, and he really knows his stuff when it comes to Article 5 and Convention of States. So that's going to be my must-hear speech. All right, Catherine. I have to go with Representative Reardon McLean in Ohio. We heard a little bit from Rep McLean when he testified, but I think uh, you're going to hear more from him. He'll probably move over to the Senate when the Senate files and and testify for us there. I, I have every confidence that he is our true champion there in Ohio, and he, he is a big believer in Convention of States. So Rep Reardon McLean is my guy. Haley Shaw. So uh, I think for last year, our standout person was Linda Massimilla. So if New Hampshire New Hampshire gets a chance, I'm going to put it on that. But as well, uh, look out for Stephen Zaros in Massachusetts, who's been a wonderful sponsor for us. And uh, I have all faith that he will give another wonderful speech uh, for us. So Stephen Zaros. Those are two great ones to watch. Grant, how about you? Well, I'm going to have to go with Representative Dennis Riddell in North Carolina. He's uh, passionate, and I love uh, love some of his sayings, too. So keep an eye out for Representative Dennis Riddell. Can't go wrong with that one. Deanna. Well, I agree with Andrew. Those that are coming from simulation have a new fire lit under them. But specifically, Senator Steve Halloran, our champion um, from a few years back when Nebraska passed, but he'll be defending the sunset clause this year. So Senator Steve Halloran. All right. And Jonathan. 
So we don't uh, have the opportunity to talk about COS that often in these states that have already passed the resolution. But one legislator who's been on fire since the simulation is Representative Dan Eubanks in Mississippi. He's been out giving interviews about COS, talking about his experiences there. And I think he's going to continue that as well as champion our commissioner selection resolution there in Mississippi. He's a great spokesperson for sure. Okay, I'm going to put you in a hypothetical situation. We all, as I said, watch online the committee hearings, the floor debate. So imagine this. You're at a hearing on our Article 5 application, and you see the following people are scheduled to give opposition testimony. David Super, Publius Holda, (laughs) Robert Brown of the John Birch Society, a common cause lobbyist, and an ACLU lobbyist. If you could keep two of them, which two do you want to testify against our application and why? Andrew, you're up. Oh, this is an easy one. I'm going to go with Publius Holda and Robert Brown. And and here's my reason why. Uh, It's not fair that I only have 20 seconds to go into the reasons, but I I will. Uh, Publius Holda, she's wearing her tinfoil hat, her proverbial tinfoil hat when she gives testimony in opposition. So, of course, got to have her there. And then Robert Brown, he claims to have credentials, but in reality, he has none. So both of them coming to speak in opposition are, are really just brownie points for, for us because we get to uh, easily defeat all of their points of opposition. There you have it. Catherine, which two would you keep? I have to go with David Super for one because every time he opens his mouth, he, he lets us know how really ignorant he is about the Constitution. And then um, I also have to go with Publius just because she makes me laugh. You know, we see her coming and it's the tinfoil hat, the the conspiracy theories flying around her. And she she has this entourage around her now. I don't know if you folks have noticed, but when Publius comes into the legislature, she's got these followers. So it's really funny to to watch how our folks interact with her followers. So those would be my two. She does make us laugh, Catherine, but her voice is kind of like nails on a chalkboard to me. It has that very sing-songy quality to it. Haley, which two would you keep? I'm going to keep the common cause uh, person. Um, We run into them a lot out here. They don't really have, I don't think, anything exciting or interesting to say, and they tend to read a script. So that one, we, we're we good at defeating that, as well as Publius, uh, simply just because of her voice. Uh, and uh, so those are my two. Thanks. <laughs> All right, Grant. Well, I'm going to be a repeat of what Haley just said. I'll, uh, Publius, that's just the whole voice that then the fake British accent that she does all the time. Because it's funny, I hear her talking when she's not testifying. You don't hear that that you hear while she's testifying. And common cause, well, you know, if you have common cause, that just, you know, for any of the opposition, the, uh, any legislators that are on the common cause side, well, that's just what it is. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. Deanna. I feel like a broken record, but Publius and Bobby Brown, 
our teams are used to both of them, uh, a little bit of the crazy and a little bit of the, we can just read, but uh, those are the two that they're familiar with and they can defend them pretty easily. All right, and Jonathan. I say, bring them all on. Let's keep them all, <laughs> we'll take on everybody. And actually having all of them there would be great because we could show how some of these people that say, they're for liberty are aligned with organizations that are clearly against liberty and on this issue. And I think that's just a perfect encapsulation of where they actually are when it comes to the Article 5 issue. All right. Well, I think Publius won the contest, y'all. Someone should let her know. Okay. Next question for the lightning round. What is one thing you want viewers to know that if you had it, it could put us over the top in your region or a particular state in your region. Andrew, we're back to you. Back to me. And I got uh, my battery recharged or a new battery in the camera, so hopefully it won't die. Uh, sorry about that. But uh, something that would put one of my states over the top, I think more awareness of, of Convention of States in Article 5. There's plenty of people in my region in all of the states in my region to really get us close to passing. And I think if more people knew about Convention of States and they knew about our platform and what we want to achieve, right, left, and center people would be uh, would be in support. So I think more awareness will get one of my states over the top. Catherine. I'm going to have to go with uh, constitutionalism out in Idaho because you have a lot of people who talk big about being constitutionalists but they do not understand this process and they've been afraid of it out there. So if, if we can do anything out in Idaho, it's to educate those folks that truly believe in our constitution that this is the way to go out in Idaho. Haley, I'm really interested to hear your answer on this. So I, um, I talk about this a lot, but we need to find the people in this region who have lost belief, but believe in the country. So they might not believe in their states and they might feel lost, but still want to believe in the country. So reminding people of uh, self-governance and really where the country started, which is out in New England, and remind people of their birthright, pull them in and let them, you know, remind them to that there is still time to fight. Um, so we want to find those people from, I say, in the dark shadows and, and put, bring them to our group, which is a group of positivity. I love it. Grant, what's the one thing that could put at least one state in your region over the top? I want to say more legislative relationships. Our grassroots are one of the primary missions is to build those legislative relationships. And it's still a people business. So I would say the more positive relationships that you have with the legislators, the more success you have. It's all about relationships. Deanna, how about you? I would say boldness. And that falls or continues Catherine's idea of um, being bold in our constitutional rights. Uh, so that you know brings education, but knowing it and being able to speak it out loud and uh, bringing it to constituents, bringing it to legislators and uh, continually educating everyone around us. Good. Okay. Last but not least, Jonathan. Thank you. Yeah, I'm going to echo uh, Grant's comments there and, and agree with him. I think building those relationships with our legislators is so important and fundamental to what we're trying to accomplish. 
so growing the grassroots and encouraging them to build those relationships with their legislators will help us be successful. All right, we've just got two more questions in our lightning round. Let's go now to predictions. I'm going to ask each of you to make a forecast for the new year. What is your one prediction for 2024? And it doesn't have to be about your region. Just one prediction for 2024. Andrew. I'm going to stick in my region for this one because my prediction is going to be that Hawaii gets to a hearing this year. Uh, Mark White, Brett Kolbus, two leaders in Hawaii, they are going to hit the ground running when the legislative session opens up in Hawaii, and they are going to do everything they can to get a hearing, and I believe that they're going to do it this year. That team sure deserves it. Catherine? I'm going to really go out on a limb here, and you might laugh. I think Minnesota is going to pass our uh, faithful commissioner language in both the House and the Senate. I would love to see that. I'm a big fan of that prediction. Haley. So we have an election up here, election season, and I think you're going to see um, more patriot-loving people in the Senate and the legislature, state legislatures in New Hampshire, Maine, Vermont, and New York. Well, I predict that our people will be involved in making that happen. Grant, your one prediction for 2024. Well, I'm going to take a safe one, Rita, because I know the amazing grassroots that we have out there. But we're going to get stronger, we're going to get bigger, and we're going to have lots of success this year. <laughs> I love that. Deanna, your one prediction. Regionally, I would say on Nebraska, Senator Steve Halloran and is surrounded by an amazing team of leaders there in Nebraska, and they'll get that sunset clause removed. But nationally, I see revival because God's people have been sleepy for too long, and we need to rise and continually infuse godly character back into our local communities, schools, city councils, workplaces, churches. Amen to that. And finally, Jonathan, your one prediction for 2024. Yeah, I'm going to go outside of my region on this. And I, I honestly think that we're going to see things in America that we have never seen in our history before in 2024. And I think Mark has talked about this a lot. Things are going to get really rocky, but we need to keep focused on what we're trying to accomplish, which will help solve the problems that are sure to come in our country. So make sure that you connect with Convention of States stick with us and keep focused on the mission uh, most importantly. So that would be my, my prediction. All right. I hope all of your predictions are correct. Now, I know you all have a ton of work to do, so I'm going to let you go after this last question. And I, I'm excited about this one. What is your pithy New Year's resolution for your region or a particular state in your region? Andrew. All right. My pithy New Year's resolution is going to be winning back the West starts in 2024. Love it. Catherine. My New Year's resolution is training. I'm so proud of our teams. They all created state pages where they've got training set up. People can easily click on the training links, get to the videos that are in COSU. So it's all about training and preparing um, the grassroots out there. So training. Great. Haley. 
Uh, mine is build strong relationships. So build strong relationships with the legislature, within your teams, and people that are curious and interested to learn more and hopefully join our teams with Convention of States. That's great. And Grant, how about you? I'm going to say it's making a positive difference. We're going to be involved with election stuff where, where we're allowed legally. We're going to be involved with freedom legislation. Of course, we're going to be pushing the COS resolution. So it's going to be making a positive difference and just being out there building those relationships, educating people, positive difference. All right, Deanna. Great words. And I picked a word this year, rise. And I shared with all of you earlier today, uh, Isaiah 60 verse one says, arise, shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. And since our regional summit, I've also um, coined the phrase or a couple of phrases, be bold, be dangerous and be disruptive. So that is our goal in the Wild West region. Wow, that's feisty and I like it. Jonathan. I think for us, we're going to be looking to stay the course and keep the faith. There's going to be a lot that's going to be happening throughout the political scene in 2024. We need to keep the distractions out, focus on the mission. Let's grow that grassroots army and advance the cause for liberty. Very good. I want to thank each one of you for being so generous with your time for our program today. It's been great having you. I am personally so grateful each of you regional directors and the important work that you do in growing and leading and serving your grassroots teams in all your states. And thanks for being with us today. And with that, I'm going to let y'all go back to work. And Andrew and I are going to take the program back over to Mike for the Article 5 Trivia Answer. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks so much for putting on such a great show. Thank you, Rita, for being here week after week to make things happen. It's been years that we've been putting this together. It's popular. We hope that we give you exactly what you want. Who doesn't want to see all of our regional directors? We want to make sure that you're in a position to be able to learn and grow, to activate, to be excited, to be able to talk to people and let them feel your excitement about a solution that we have as big as the problem. Remember, I'm giving away one of these cool, it's not a limited edition, they're completely done, but I have a couple of these left. They actually come in red and blue and you'll get to choose whether you want a red one or a blue one because I've got a couple of each left. Very nice COS water bottle to the person that got this answer right. So going back to the beginning of the show, you may remember the question was very simple. Our Article 5 application has three topics which provide the agenda for Convention of States. What are those one, two, three topics? The answer, yeah, pretty much everybody on the show, I imagine, knows this one. This was a gimme. The answer is to limit DC's time, power, and money. Specifically, the resolution reads, the legislature of the state of my case, unfortunately, California, hereby applies to Congress under the provisions of Article 5 of the Constitution of the United States for the calling of a convention of the states limited to proposing amendments, limited, remember I said that, limited to proposing amendments to the Constitution of the United States that impose fiscal restraints on the federal government. 
limit the power and jurisdiction of the federal government and limit the terms of office for its officials and members of Congress. In other words, unelected as well as elected, it could be judges, could be Supreme Court justices, could be anybody in the bureaucracy. Imagine busting the bureaucracy, the people that you can't get rid of at an election. Those are all germane topics. And I think you know that. It's truly a solution as big as the problem. I mean, is there any wonder why our program, our program, our plan is working? And the involvement of millions of Americans, just like you, has led to 19 states having already passed the Article 5 application with more lining up to consider it in this 2024 year. You just heard a whole bunch of that. Our Article 5 resolution casts a vision that is actually big enough to fix D.C., drain the swamp, and restore balance to our systems of governance, all while providing a new environment for self-governance to blossom. This is a very unique opportunity for Americans to unite around common sense solutions. Imagine that. That's what politicians used to bring to us. Not anymore. So we're going to have to take it ourselves. Common sense solutions that will put the federal government back in the constitutional box that our founding fathers intended. It'll put us back in charge the way it's supposed to be. Anyway, of course, you can get a lot more information like this at conventionofstates.com. You can also sign our petition if you have not signed our petition, which means you become a supporter of Convention of States by going to conventionofstates.com, sign the petition, and remember, send other people to do just the same thing. Find 10 people that will sign the petition. It will automatically and for free send that petition directly to your legislator or your legislators within your state. Anyway, enough of that right now. I'm going to turn it back over to you, Andrew and Rita, to wrap this thing up. Welcome to 2024. I'm excited to be with you guys. Thanks, Mike. It's time for the COS Live Mailbag. These are messages and questions from viewers like you. If you want to be featured, drop us a comment on YouTube, Facebook, X, or Rumble. Andrew, our first comment comes from Barbara Norman, and she says, both political parties are corrupt. Convention of States is our only hope to oust all the criminals in D.C. Well, Barbara, I certainly agree with you on the point that Convention of States is the nation's best hope to reform the federal government in the ways that it desperately needs reforming. So I encourage everyone watching, if you haven't already joined this movement, go to conventionofstates.com, sign our petition, and then click on the Take Action tab to get started and get connected with your state team. The next comment com comes from James Dooley. He says, this is the only way to get term limits. James, I have to agree with you again there. We know that Congress is never going to impose term limits on itself. So if we want to get that done, Convention of States is the way to do it. Mm -hmm. Well, Rita, we're going to sign off. So don't miss new episodes of Crossroads with Rita, debuting Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Mark Meckler and Rita discuss hot button issues at the intersection where faith and culture meet. You're not going to want to miss that. Don't forget to, to subscribe to our social media accounts. Search Convention of States on Rumble, YouTube, Facebook, X, and Instagram. 
You can listen to this program and other historical legacy content on our podcast. Just go to www.conventionofstates.com slash COS Live. Check out the battle cry with COS President Mark Meckler Sunday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. We'll see you next Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of COS Live. But until then, we have a country to save, so it's time to get back to work. Thank you for listening to today's program. For information, please visit www.conventionofstates.com forward slash pod. That's www.conventionofstates.com forward slash pod.